Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to a frustrated edition of Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols from Federal Baseball on the line. As the Nationals drop their sixth straight, 5-3 tonight in Milwaukee. And Dave, if there's one inning tonight that's emblematic of everything that's been going wrong for the Nationals, it's got to be the eighth inning. Daniel Murphy hit by pitch to start the frame with the Nationals down 5-3. Wilson Ramos doubles, sends him around to third. Second and third, no out. Ryan Zimmerman called out on a called third strike. He takes a curveball, drops in for a called third strike. Uh, Anthony Rendon walks to load them up. Daniel, Danny Espinosa coming out. The search for contact continues, but he doesn't find it tonight. Strikes out swinging for out number two. Clint Robinson pops out the third. Second and third, no outs in a two-run game, and they get nothing in there. Can't get more frustrating than that. Probably as much for the Nationals, as much for fans watching it. It's just a brutal inning, and we'll get into the rest of it, but that inning alone pretty much told the story of what's gone wrong for the Nationals in the last six. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Um, Ryan Zimmerman Ryan Zimmerman looked at so many strikes tonight, you think that's what he was getting paid to do. Um, it's just, you know, Danny Espinosa, you expect, you expect a lot of strikeouts. Um, that's what he does. You know, the, the, he's, he's an all-or-nothing type of guy. Clint Robinson, you know, whatever. Journeyman setting up to pinch hit. I understand that Dusty wanted the – lefty-righty matchup there, but you've got a veteran that's got a good record, track record with the bases loaded sitting on your bench. You know, I know Dusty only likes to use his regulars uh, in emergency situations when he's giving them the day off, but I don't understand what's a bigger emergency situation than the eighth inning when you're trailing by two runs with the bases loaded and you've got two outs now. I just I don't get why he doesn't use Jason Worth there, but going back to the biggest problem is Ryan Zimmerman. I mean, you can't look at strike three in that situation. You just cannot look at strike three. You know, even even a double play scores a run. And he looks at strike three, and, he, and it just, it's, it's becoming increasingly frustrating and frustrating to watch a guy that you know that has talent just to be so completely stumped and fooled right now. He's just It's like every single pitch he's guessing wrong. You know, he's looking at strikes. He's swinging at balls above his head. It's just it, it's tough to take right now, and the Nats – are paying dearly for it. And at some point in the very near future, they're going to have to decide whether they can continue to, to live with Ryan Zimmerman playing for them. He just, he, whether he needs to sit down for a little bit to get his head straight or they need to reassess what's going on. He's just killing the Nats right now. And, and, and it, it's, hard to, it's hard to guess when it's going to get better. They found themselves in that two-run hole, five to three Brewers at that point because Max Scherzer struggled with the home runs again. Three and zero oh in four June starts with a one-two-nine ERA and 28 innings pitched. One-two-nine uh, ERA is down from four-three-five in 31 innings in April, three-eight-three in 42 and a third in May, one-two-nine in 28 this month. Three walks and 38 Ks and a 162, 186, 293 line against coming into this game on the month. Three straight walks in the first, a two-out, two-run single by Aaron Hill, two-nothing after a 38-pitch opening frame for Scherzer, uh, 58 pitches after two, 10 of 11 set down after that Hill hit, though, as he quote-unquote settled in nicely. But uh, Keon Broxton hits an 0-1 slider out to left field in the 3-3 game after the Nationals had rallied to take the lead, 19th home run allowed, uh, most in the NL so far. He was up to 95 pitches after five. 
They let him hit in the sixth and send it back out to the bottom of the frame. Gives up a single and a home run to the first two batters, 5-3, 20th home run allowed. Just a frustrating outing from Scherzer. Again, he really struggled at the start. Then he put together a couple few innings, and then they send him back out, and the home run ball gets him again. Yeah, you know, those first couple of innings were, I mean, especially the first one, was just as rough as we've seen Scherzer. I mean, he just had no no command whatsoever. He was just up there slinging it, um, you know, three walks in a row. I mean, he got – he got squeezed on a couple of the, the home plate umpire Ed Hickok did not have, uh, did not distinguish himself this evening. But even still, um, you've got enough stuff. You just throw it right over the plate and make them hit their way on, and he didn't do that. Um, but yeah, he he settled in, gave him a couple of innings, kept the Nats in the game. You know, it was tied, and I just I, look. I understand a manager going riding his number one guy, um, sending him out for another inning. But at that point in the game. You know, you're looking for a base hit. You're batting your pitcher in the sixth inning. He's already thrown 95 pitches. He had a rough game. Um, you know, got you to the point where you were tied uh, going into the late innings. Get him out of there and get a fresh arm in there. Get a pinch hit or somebody that can actually, you know, that would have been the spot for Robinson at that point. But I just, it, it, it's 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 maddening when when the manager either is managing scared, scared of his own bullpen, or managing to try to get a starting pitcher a win. And and that in that situation today, those are the only two excuses to leave Max Scherzer in there is because either he's afraid of his bullpen or he's trying to get the starter the win. Either way, it completely blew up on him. Um and, and absolutely predictable. You know, Scherzer gives up home runs. He's had a rough game. He was tired on his hundred and tenth pitch, gives up another home run and that's loose. And with the offense going the way they are right now, they can't overcome a two run deficit in the late innings. <laughs> it was his 104th pitch, I'll just note, because I know why you're saying 110th, because I saw you tweet something about sending him back out there and sent you a text right before he took the mound for the sixth, which said, and I quote, so now Scherzer shockingly gives up a run on his 110th pitch, and then he's listed. He gave it up on the 104th, as I mentioned, but uh, yeah, I know everyone's going to say it's second-guessing, but as some of the announcers say, well, it's no. first-guessing well, no, this can, time around. They can, they can, yeah, they can, check my, they can check my Twitter timeline. It was first-guessing. <laughs> uh, Zach Davies on the mound for the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, acquired, acquired from the Orioles in return for Gerardo Parra last July, unbeaten in his last nine starts after starting the season 0-3 in his first three outings. Uh, 2-4-0 ERA, 186, 237, 347 line against in 56 and a third over that unbeaten streak. Uh, two earned runs or less in eight of those nine, but he gave up three in the third. A two-run double by Murphy, RBI single by Ramos. It was the only inning they got to him, though. He was out pretty soon after five, too. Uh, I saw him a few times with the Oriole, uh, back in his Oriole days. Uh, I haven't seen him too much with the Brewers, but he was putting together a good stretch. He kind of not a great start tonight. Five innings, seven hits, three runs, one walk, nine Ks. He threw 104 pitches in just five innings, so clearly not efficient. But he's been on quite a run recently, and for, in return for Gerardo Parra, that's not a bad pickup for the Brewers here. Yeah, Davies is a you know league average starter. I mean, certainly no um, no all star. But the big thing is the nine Ks. I mean, this is a guy that that, yeah. that the Nats that nobody should be striking out nine times in five innings against. Um, it's just the Nats are in such a bad way right now that they are turning every single pitcher that they face into the second coming of Sandy Koufax. 
I mean, that's yeah, okay. So I'm I'm beating myself, and I never actually saw Sandy Kovacs pitch, but the point <laughs> is still there. Um, they can't make contact on anybody right now, and um, until they get out of whatever little funk they're in, whether it's just the the West Coast trip or or there's something else going on, um, you know, they're they're just fodder right now, and and that's that's you know, like I said, when, if you're in a you know, a two-run deficit in the seventh inning, they're just not going to come back. They're not making enough com- contact. Rather than stay negative the whole show, uh, focus on some positives, like Daniel Murphy's 30th multi-hit game, two for four, came up with a big hit there in the ninth to try to keep it going. But Wilson Ramos, four for four in his first four at-bats, ended up striking out to end the game. But before that, a really nice game at the plate by Wilson Ramos, who is just about caught up to Daniel Murphy at this point. 349 average for Murphy after the two for four. 341 on the year for Ramos as a four for five game tonight. Uh, some good offensive output from those two, at least. Uh, a couple hits, Revere, Taylor, Harper with one each, but the bottom of the lineup is just an absolute black hole. Zimmerman, Rendo, and Espinoza combined 0 for 10 on the night with nine left on base. Yeah, that's. I, start, I, I, I mean, started positive there. Yeah, you don't you don't need to say anything about that. I mean, just reading the stat line gives you all you need to know about the bottom of the order. But um, Murphy's uh, Murphy was uh, struggling here a little bit. It's good to see him get a couple of knocks. Uh, Wilson Ramos, um, I mean, he's not going to get voted to the All Star team, but he's but he certainly um, certainly deserves to go. And I would think that he would be announced as a um, as a, a reserve for the team. I mean, you just you can't say enough about what the season that he's putting together this year. And, um, you know, if if it takes uh, Murphy seeing the Buffalo in his rearview mirror to get him going again, then um, then I'm okay with that too. But uh, um, yeah, you know, just you got to have more than two guys doing it. And right now, um, Murphy and Ramos are um, the Nats' offense, and and they just they got to get somebody else going. They got to get they really need to get a bunch of guys going. But um, you know, with Harper not producing right now and Zimmerman an absolute uh, black hole. Um, you know, they need, to, they need to find some offense somewhere. I did notice after we've been harping on it for a couple months now that there are a few articles out there the last couple of weeks where people are starting to realize what a good season Ramos is putting together and what could be his walk year. Uh, like Rizzo said, that they will, of course, talk to him and didn't rule out bringing the catcher back. Uh, I assume you're still in the position we've had, been on for the last couple months where you don't really see anyone in the system, or at least I don't see anyone in the system who could step in right away and uh, – take over as the everyday catcher and I kind of think they it's not necessarily just based on one season but what he's done over his whole career he's really setting himself up nicely though if he does leave as a free agent so I still kind of think the Nationals should extend him at some point well they've got to pay for a catcher next year one way or the other um and you know because they don't have anybody in the minor leagues that can start next year I mean people like um, you know, Kibom or um, Severino or whatever, but those guys aren't everyday catchers. I mean, they will, you know, they could eventually be um, major league backups, much in the way that, that Lobotone is, but um, but they'll need a starting catcher. And whether they give Ramos a contract or they go outside the organization and trade for one or sign a free agent, and I'll be completely honest, I haven't looked at potential free agents for next year, but, um, but as far as I'm concerned, with the year that Ramos is, is, is put together and, and his defensive prowess, you know, why not bring him back unless the um, the salary demands are just going to be absolutely outrageous. But, um, you know, he's, 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 he's as good as what could be available as far as I'm concerned. 
the big off-field uh, news of the day, Steven Strasburg apparently had his ribs popped back in place. Uh, went on a, missed his last start with what they said was an upper back injury, but apparently uh, he injured his ribs working out uh, in advance of his what was scheduled to be his last start. Had his ribs popped back today. That doesn't sound nice. <laughs> they still think he'll be able to take his start on Sunday, but uh, I don't know. Stop doing whatever you're doing when you were working out, I guess. <laughs> he said he's not going to let it happen again, but that doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. I don't know what sounds more painful, popping your ribs out of place or popping them back into place. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I, you know, I, I've, I have followed sports since I was old enough to um, know what they were, and I don't think I've ever heard of anybody displacing their ribs before. That just, you know, breaking them, sure, but, you know, pulling rib cartilage, yeah, but popping them out of place, I can't imagine what it would take to do that. And then, the, you know, this the process of popping them back in. It just sounds just intensely painful and silly. <laughs> Your quiz question for the night, I was hoping it would be the night that they hit their 100th uh, home run as a team this year. Uh, what year were they the quickest to reach 100 before this year? They have 99 in 74 games so far. You know which year they were quickest to 100? Oh, I'm terrible in guess the year. And um, how many games? I'm, and how many games? Yeah, great. Uh, I'll say, <laughs> I'll say 2009 and game 79. You're 0 for 2 there. 93 Shocking. games in 2006. <laughs> 94 in 2012. They uh, hit their 100th in 100 games last season. They hit one tomorrow. It'll be 175. So that's some serious home run production from the Nationals so far this year. Uh, tomorrow night we got Gio Gonzalez on the mound at 4.10 p.m. start, I should note, for anyone who hasn't noticed that yet. Uh, opposite Matt Garza, who was on the DL for two months plus, is just getting back into action now. Gio Gonzalez has been struggling. Mike Rizzo said on uh, 106.7 The Fan this week that it was mostly mechanical and they're trying to get him straightened out. It said there's a lot of timing in his delivery. Uh, if you were <laughs> expecting Gio to bounce back and get the Nationals, is he going to be the stopper for them if it's a six-game losing streak? Yeah, don't worry, everybody. Gio's on the mound tomorrow. <laughs> Gio will save us. 43-31 and 31 on the year after the loss. Matt's nightly sponsored by federalbaseball.com. If I didn't stress it enough, a 4.10 p.m. start tomorrow in Miller Park. Talk to you after that one, sir. Sounds good. Have a good night.